Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. We have been learning a lot from just the first two chapters of the book of Exodus. Our main focus will soon be chapter 3 in Exodus, when God reveals his personal name, the name by which he wants to be known, when God reveals this name to Moses. In order for us to understand the significance of what God's name will mean, we first have to understand the background on what was going on with the Israelites as a community and with this man Moses as an individual. So we have been reading in Exodus, and last time we chose to read in two New Testament texts. One was the book of Acts, chapter 7, and Stephen's sermon in which he recounts the history of Moses. The second was Hebrews 11, that faith chapter, in which Moses has prominence because Moses was very much a man of deep faith in the living God. Stephen and the writer of Hebrews do what all preachers do or should do, they preach the Word of God, they cross-reference, they take the present-day listener back, way back, into the history and culture of the time, in this case of Moses and the people of God in Egypt, and they draw out lessons from the ancient text for application in their time. And that is what we are doing, reading the whole of the Bible to find instruction as we build this picture of the people of God and the man of God. Today we return to Exodus chapter 2. Probably like many of you, these chapters are some of my most favorite in all the Bible, and one of the reasons for this is how applicable they are to my life. At the end last time, I encouraged you to be thinking about how what was happening in Moses' life can be applied to what is going on with you. Since I try to make it a practice to not ask anything of you that I will not do myself, I spent some time thinking about what applies to yours truly. And what stood out to me was this. Moses did the right thing in the wrong way. He did the right thing. He defended the Hebrew being beaten by the Egyptian. But he did it in the wrong way. He murdered the Egyptian. Likewise, I have had those times in my life where I have done the right thing, but in the wrong way. An example is, I have shared with someone biblical truth. That's the right thing. But I did it in an unhelpful way. I spoke of truth with a bad attitude. I was too harsh, condemning, and strong. This reminded me of one of the wisest words I have ever heard. In fact, I have this written down right here at my desk. Stephen Charnock, the English Puritan, said this, Gospel duties are to be performed with a gospel temper. I confess I have not always done that. Gospel duties are to be performed with a gospel temper. Sometimes I did the right thing. I spoke truth in the wrong way, in a bad temper. I failed to have a gospel temper. 
and this has driven me to seek Christ's forgiveness and the forgiveness of others I have hurt. But when this came up last time in the life of Moses, I got convicted. Friends, let's apply the Bible in our lives along the way. And there will be even more for us to consider by the time we get to the end of today's broadcast and podcast. I am ready to read now in Exodus 2 and verse 15. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. The matter was that Moses had killed the Egyptian. The Pharaoh sought vengeance upon this man Moses, and so he flees. And he goes on the run, a very long run, to a place called the land of Midian. Let me tell you about his journey, where Midian was, and what Midian was like. If you have access to a map, perhaps at the back of your Bible, do look at it. For now, picture the letter V. Along the upper outside left-hand corner of the V is Egypt. That's where Moses murdered. Along the middle outside of the right arm of the letter V is Midian. That is where Moses goes. In the space between the left arm and the right arm of the letter V... That open area is Sinai. Just below the bottom of the V is the Red Sea, and as part of that sea, on the intersection of the right-hand area of the letter V, is the Gulf of Aquaba. If this helps you, use it. If not, get out that map. Moses covers a vast area, navigating through terrain and wilderness in which he encounters much barrenness. He makes the trek all the way from Egypt, heading east, across the Sinai Peninsula, and somehow makes his way down into the land of Midian, along the Gulf of Aqaba, in the Arabian Peninsula. The Midianites were descendants of Abraham and his second wife, Keturah. This journey created a desert experience for Moses. Traversing that land alone is where he deepened his relationship with the living God. The Lord had sovereignly set aside this time for him and Moses to be together. And this time stretches 40 years. Acts 7 verse 23 says, When Moses was approaching the age of 40, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. That's when he killed the Egyptian and fled to Midian. And Acts 7 verse 30 says, After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning thorn bush. We are coming to that in chapter 3. What we conclude from this is that Moses was 40 when he fled to Midian, and he was 80 at the burning bush. Therefore, Moses was on the move to Midian and living in its land for 40 years. Friends, it took God four decades, 40 years, to deal with Moses. The Lord took great care to prepare Moses for his mission, a total of 80 years. I cannot resist a couple of points of application here. First, why are some of us rushing God? We think, I am prepared to serve you, Lord, I am well-trained, I have had some experience, I am equipped. 
I am ready to go out there in my church or mission ministry or in my school, my workplace in this culture, and to fervently serve you. I want to get after it, rocking and rolling for your glory. Why aren't you using me? Brother, sister, could it be God still has you in the preparation stage of your life? He's dealing with you on some things that need attention. Yeah, you say, but I ain't getting any younger. I've got so much to accomplish. Well, let me ask you, are you 80 years old? God has his timing for us. He will not be rushed. We must be patient and accept his training in our lives, as did Moses. Second, why do some of us think we're too old to serve God and others? Maybe you are 80 or even older, or maybe you're 65 and you've got retirement on your mind and in your plans. You think, I've had my time serving God. It's up to the young people now. Mm, Moses began his ministry of leading the Israelites out of Egypt at 80 years old. Retirement? I do not read about retiring from service to God in the Bible, do you? If you have, send me the chapter and verse, please. Brother, sister, could it be that the Lord finally has you ready to honor him in your life, in your old age, after he has refined you? God works on some of us in the desert a long time. We must accept that until God is finished with us, our lives here matter to him, and he wants to use us for his glory until the very end. How can you serve God today in your advanced age? To find out more about this land and what happened to Moses in Midian, we will read at Exodus 2, beginning in verse 16, which picks up the story after Moses sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Let me insert here, of course Moses could drive the shepherds away from the women. Moses was well trained as the head of the Egyptian army, remember? When the daughters of Reuel me again, he is also called Jethro. When the daughters came to Relul, their father, he said, Why have you come back so soon today? So they said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and what is more, he even drew the water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Where is he then? Why is it that you have left the man behind? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses was willing to dwell with the man, and he gave his daughter Sipporah to Moses. Then she gave birth to a son, and he named him Gershom. For Moses said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Well, that was Exodus 2, verses 16 through 22. The women mistook Moses for an Egyptian, but that no doubt was resolved. Moses was, in fact, a Hebrew, and Moses married Zipporah, and they had a son together, Gershom, and Reuel, also known as Jethro, became Moses' father-in-law. Later, Jethro will be very helpful 
to Moses. Well, this absorbing true story continues next time when we will briefly check in on the condition of the Israelites back in Egypt, and then we will enter into this third chapter at last. I encourage you to be reading these chapters for yourself. Do so this evening and then join us next time because God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.